now reflecting back on all of that, I realized that those rejections that I faced and that struggle really all made me better. And I may not have seen it in the moment. I may have cried one too many tears at the time, but in one way or another, it pushed me and it motivated me. And yeah, you're right. I've always had this ambition and this desire to break into the tech field. And now that I'm here, it's really so much more than that. It's not just about my personal success and my success as a marketer, but it's about how my journey can potentially inspire others. Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women who are living their dreams and paving the path for the next generation. I'm Brenda Hernandez-Jaimes, and this is Ellas. Hola, welcome back to Ellas. I'm your host, Brenda Hernandez-Jaimes. Today we're doing something different. After two years of amplifying Latina voices, I invited my dear amiga and previous guest, Melba Tellez, to be back here to give us an update about her journey. And Melba was here on Ellas on episode 18. So since then, her journey, it's been amazing to see her grow. She started as marketing specialist at Amazon Prime, and she is the founder of Mujeres on the Rise, a platform that you all very well know that I'm a follower of, a supporter, and that really helps us Latinas rise in our career and life. So since then, she has had a tremendous growth as a marketing manager at Amazon Prime, and is the CEO of Mujeres on the Right. So yes, it's been amazing to witness her amazing growth. But before we begin, I want to remind you that you can support Ellas by buying us a cafecito at buymeacoffee.com slash Ellas. Or if you're in the position of supporting Ellas on a monthly basis, you can go to patreon.com slash Ellas podcast. Of course, there are other ways to support Ellas. You can follow and subscribe to our podcast or with the new Apple podcast update, follow AS. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate and review us, share with your amigas your favorite episode, follow us on Instagram, because your support has helped us grow tremendously in the past two years. So muchas gracias. Now, without further ado, welcome back, Melva. Hola, Melva. Hi, Brenda. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be back on AS. Oh, I'm so honored that, to have you back. And seriously, yesterday, like, I've been reflecting ever since we connected before that episode. And ever since then, disclaimer, people, we still don't know each other physically, Melva <laughs> and I, but I consider Melva one of my dear friends and honestly, a pivotal person in my growth, um, an amiga that knows a lot of troubles in my life and who I've shared. And she has advised me and just been a helpful ear and an amiga, a true friend. And that is the result of Ellas. And it's just amazing. And like I said in the intro, it's been amazing to see your growth and knowing your story in that first episode, in episode 18, and then witnessing, you know, you achieve your dreams and going after them and not letting any like barrier or no stop you 
you have gone for your dreams and are a living example, living proof of whatever we put our minds to it, it's possible. So it's amazing to have you back. Thank you so much, Brenda. And honestly, I am just amazed at the incredible mujeres like yourself that I've been able to meet through ellas and through Mujeres on the Rise. I think that's like a great example of using social media for good. Mm -hmm. And I just think it comes to show the importance of community and supporting one another because it's truly a united effort. I couldn't do what I do without mujeres like you. And I'm sure you feel the same way because the stories that we hear and that we tell are so inspiring. And yeah, I, I am just, I'm so grateful to be here. Oh, thank you. And as I said in the beginning, we're doing something different. I'm not going to ask that typical starting question or the ending question because Melba and I, we, we both took a month of breaks for like everything, but we normally talk almost every day. <laughs> We ask ourselves questions about our each other's platform because we are building something and we are each other's confidants. And so this is going to be a conversation like all episodes, but different. So Melba, I know, but our listeners don't know. Start us where we left off. You were achieved your dream at working in tech. You moved to Seattle from Texas. You achieved what you set yourself out to. Worked as a marketing specialist in Amazon Prime. You shared with us that experience of growing in that position. Since then, you advanced to marketing manager at Amazon Prime. So I, I'm really interested in, you know, your experience from recently, obviously before it was recent that you had worked there, but it's been some years now. So, you know, you are an expert in the tech field. So let us know how has that growth been? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So there's obviously been a lot of growth. I've I've been very fortunate enough to have been surrounded by great people in my team. And honestly, I work with some of the most brilliant minds I've ever encountered. And that's always great because it forces you to, you know, learn more, put yourself out there, take mm -hmm. on new challenges. So there's been a lot of growth when it comes to me as a marketing professional. I've learned things not that you should do, things that you shouldn't do. I've made terrible mistakes, but I've also celebrated really big wins. And aside from that, though, I think some of the most incredible things, some of the biggest differences that I've seen are really differences within myself. Mm -hmm. Because when I first started working in tech, I mean, it is a very underrepresented industry. So there isn't a lot of Latinas. And I did have to struggle with a lot of barriers that were like self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and things like that. And honestly, I wouldn't say that I am entirely all comfortable because we're all a work in progress all the time. But I have allowed myself to celebrate my wins more. I remind myself constantly that I am amazing at what I do and that if I've made it this far, it's because I've put in the effort and I'm not afraid to fail. So out of all the things that have happened in the two years, I think that's the biggest growth that I've seen within myself. It's knowing that things aren't always going to go my way and that's okay because that gives me an opportunity to learn. And it's actually interesting because I was talking to a mentor. I, I want to say it was about three months ago. It's so it's, it's been a while, but I was talking to this mentor and she told me that, you know, when people are underrepresented, their first instinct is usually to run and hide and leave that industry or leave that team to go to a place where they feel like they belong. Mm -hmm. 
And when she said that to me, it immediately resonated because that's exactly how I felt when I was in graduate school. There was not many Latinas mm -hmm. and I wanted to run and hide and go back to where people already knew who I was and where I felt the most comfortable. And she told me that leaving situations and places because you're uncomfortable is a mistake because that's the only way that you're going to change things for other generations and for other people. So if you leave as a Latina, a team, because there's no other Latinas, then things are going to go back to how they've always been. Whereas if you stay there and you challenge yourself, you have the opportunity to elicit real change. So some of the changes that I've been able to elicit during my time at Amazon have been interviewing other candidates and advocating for diversity and inclusivity and making sure that we're taking time to learn about, you know, rights and, and equality and things that matter. And that's, I guess, the biggest takeaway is sometimes you have to do hard things, but in the end, I feel like it does pay off as long as you stand up for what you believe in and you voice your, your concerns and that you remain authentic. That's so beautiful to hear. And I love that. Yes, you are amazing. You're wonderful at what you do. And I'm so <laughs> happy that you, you know, stayed in your path during grad school. You did a run and then you continue to do that path. And then you encountered yourself the opportunity to be at Amazon Prime and grow and be an advocate, a change maker to, you know, open the door for others, right? And to like, at least have their foot in this door and have the opportunity to grow. Because as you mentioned before, tech is a really difficult industry to get into. But once you're there, it's like, ahora estén tus manos for you to grow. <laughs> and I'm really interested, Melba. You know, these past few years, it's like you said, a growth in you as a person and leaving an impact in your industry. But knowing what you've done, what are the things you would have liked to have known before starting working in the tech industry that you just say, if I just would have known this, it would have made things so much easier. So for any of our listeners who are you know, wanting to break into the industry, are interested and want a insider look of being in the tech industry, what is that number piece of advice that you want to share with us? Yeah, so I'll break it down into two. So mm -hmm. if you do not have a job in tech yet and you want to break into tech, my biggest piece of advice is going to be to network. And you know, with networking, of course, you want to make sure that you have a really, really great resume, but networking is really important when you're trying to break into an industry that's really hard to break into because when you network, you often get referrals facilitated and this will make a huge difference in your application process and being able to land those interviews. And then, of course, once you do land those interviews, you want to make sure that you're prepared. So, I always recommend to my career coaching clients to start preparing for an interview in the tech industry even before they've secured the interview. And sometimes that makes people feel a little bit uneasy because nobody really wants to prepare for an interview. It's just one of those things that you have to do. But if you prepare in advance, when the opportunity comes, it's not going to take you by surprise. You're going to be ready and you'll be more likely to secure that job. And you have to keep in mind that these interview processes are usually we're usually talking about anywhere from four to six different interviews, not including the initial call with the recruiter. Mm -hmm. So it's a really extensive process. It's really important that you prepare in advance. Now, if you are already in tech and we're talking about something that I wish I would have known <laughs> when I first joined, I would say that it's really important to have the courage to say no. 
I think a lot of times when you're new to a team, and this is not specific necessarily to tech, but it's where I've experienced it more. When you're new to a team, you often want to say yes to everything and you want to prove yourself and you want to show that you can do all these things. So inherently, when you join a team, you're you're asked if you can take on all these projects and you're like, yes, yes, yes. Yo puedo, you know, give me all the projects, I'll take them. And, you know, that's a mistake because you really want to make sure that you are being as helpful as you can, of course. Nobody's saying don't be helpful, but it's important that you actually take a look at what you can take on as opposed to just saying yes and then letting things fall through. So something that I recommend is being huge on prioritization and calendar blocking. Calendar blocking is like my biggest tack. If you have every single thing, instead of having a to-do list, if you have every single thing that you need to get done mapped out in your calendar, it it will be easier for you to see if you have additional availability to take on extra projects because you know, things move really, really fast in tech and you need to be able to adapt and you need to be flexible, but you also need to be mindful of your time and how you're spending it. Did you learn to say no a la, a la mala? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great, great question. Yes, I did. Actually, when I first joined Amazon, I did have an issue internally where Honestly, I just took on more than I can handle Mm -hmm. and I was brand new. So in addition to taking on more than I can handle, I was still learning. I was still in the process of learning the internal tools that we used and tools that I had never been exposed to before. So that's also something to keep in mind when you're just learning a team, there is, you know, ramp up process and an onboarding process. And if you're taking on more than you can, when you still don't even know the tools, that's also problematic. So I think it's important if there's not an onboarding plan for you already Mm -hmm. laid out, that you take that time, that you're proactive about reaching out to people, getting to know what they do and how you can help them and vice versa. And then also making sure that you're, I, I wouldn't say take it slow, but that you're allowing yourself time to absorb all that new information because it's a lot. And I'll give you an example of this, but like one of the first meetings that I sat in on at Amazon, and I mean, I was part of the meeting, but I say sat in on because I I was brand new. I wasn't really contributing much at the time, but I felt like everybody was speaking a foreign language. I kid you not, but in that I felt like everybody was talking in a different language because everybody was talking in acronyms, acronyms that are used internally. And I had no idea what was going on. I felt like I was in graduate school in my statistics class all over again. I had no idea what was going on. And I mean, that's just one of the few examples and ways that, you know, you're going to have to adapt and learn. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I just think being flexible and being kind to yourself in the process is, is really important. Wow. Yeah. I can imagine, you know, as I think once we, you know, get into an industry that we've dreamed forever, we want to demonstrate to ourselves, to everyone, the people that hired us, right. That they made the right choice, but exactly. you know, that, that can backfire. And, but like you said, you know, it's, it's very important to learn that new job, the language, you know, the tools that they use, <laughs> and then seeing your schedule. Because I believe, you know, one of your superpowers, you have many superpowers, but it's one of like calendar blocking. Because you, for our listeners, I'm going to be linking Melba's amazing TikTok on calendar blocking because it has helped me. But was that a skill that you refined or discovered in Amazon that you're like, okay, if I don't do this, I'm going to be buried into all of these tasks and I'm not going to even see the light of day. That's a really good question. So I was really fortunate to take part in in an internal training that was offered at Amazon. But basically, it talked about workplace productivity. And one of the hacks that was shared in that was calendar blocking, which is actually 
from a book. I can't remember the name of the book, but I will definitely let you know so that you can add it to the show notes. But yeah, this book is basically all about optimizing your productivity and how can you make sure that you're spending your time wisely and also not overwhelming yourself Mm -hmm. because that's also one of the repercussions of not assessing and reviewing your your calendar. It's that you start to get overwhelmed, you start to get stressed, you suffer from burnout, and then things start to slip through the cracks. But yeah, I'll find the name of that book because that's what Mm -hmm. the training was based on. And I think it is a game changer Mm -hmm. to pretty much everybody. I highly, highly recommend that you find, of course, a system that works for you, but also that you are just taking a look at what you have going on and trying to plan as much as you can, because that's what ultimately going to set you up for success. Yeah. And Melba, you know, as our marketing manager of, you know, your team, what are the things, the advice, the tips that you share to your teammates, to the people that, you know, manage, but also advice? Because I imagine a manager is also a mentor. It's a leader, you know, and not many managers are natural leaders. And Melba, you topics and the advice that you share through Mujeres on the Rise has helped me in a personal level and professional level. So I see you as a leader, not only (laughs) as a friend, but I imagine what are the, you know, obviously not going into detail, but what are the things that you most encounter with your team and that you share with them so they can feel that they're being heard, guided, and there's an opportunity for growth and to be themselves in this industry that's so competitive, so changing quickly. Can you share with us those? So I'll start by saying that I'm not a people manager, so Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have any direct reports, but I truly think anybody can be a leader, whether you are in an entry-level job or you've been at your job for more than 10 or 15 years, you can be a leader. And I think some of the biggest learnings and things that I've shared is being authentic is one of the biggest things, because I think when people are not authentic to who they are, people will see through it. Mm -hmm. And the what happens when people see through that is that you can't effectively build trust. And I think building trust with your team and with the people that you're going to work with, whether it's your immediate team or cross-functional teams that you're working with, building trust is so important because trust means that somebody is going to count, be able to count on you to deliver a project. They're going to, they're not going to have to micromanage you Mm -hmm. because they know that you can get the project done. And ultimately when you work with good people and when you like the people that you work with, you're able to produce your best work. So I think being able to establish that trust and being vulnerable sometimes when needed and sharing a little bit more about you on the personal side really goes a long way in building genuine long-lasting relationships. And so if I compare where I am now with my team and where I was when I first started working, I think one of the biggest differences is that now I really take time to meet people on a more personal level and also understand what their role actually looks like. And I think when you do that and you take the time to build that trust and that, you know, personal Mm -hmm. relationship, it really facilitates the collaboration within the team. And at the end, everybody's able to deliver really great work. And, you know, that collaboration, that networking, you mentioned it before, right? Before breaking into this industry, but it's so important to network, collaborate, build these general relationships within the industry, because that gives you an opportunity for growth and to know them as a person. I think those relationships were of value once COVID hit and we all started working from home, because I imagine everything that you learn in terms of you know, productivity, managing your time, calendar blocking, saying no, 
it all changed. It all reframed once we were working from home. So I imagine you working from home in the tech industry, obviously every industry, you know, we saw it as very difficult, but specifically as you, this is your time. Were those relationships an anchor for you when you were working from home? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I honestly, I feel like what has kept me sane Mm -hmm. over the past year is working with really good people, people that, you know, if I'm having a rough day, I can send them a message. I can Slack them and be like, Hey, do you have five minutes to chat? And just, yeah, just good people. Like nobody wants to work with somebody that's difficult. Nobody wants to work with somebody that thinks they have all the answers. Like we're all still learning, no matter how smart we are, how educated we are, how many degrees we have, we're all a work in progress. We're all learning. And I think when you approach a job with that mindset, with the mindset of, I am here to learn and to help you, things are so different. Like I'm sure you can think of, or hopefully it's not just me, but I'm sure you can think of one employee that was that really difficult employee to work with Mm -hmm. and nobody wants that. So I think in the end, at the end of the day, we all want to work with good people. And if you take the time to build those genuine relationships and you build trust with one another, everything else just falls into place. And Melba, of course, I'm going to ask you this because we're currently living in it. We're not in the, you know, last year was not in the middle of it. I think we're still in the middle of it, of, it, of COVID. But, you know, tell me what have been those lessons that you've learned about yourself as a mujer during COVID working from home? And as someone that is growing and pursuing her dreams in the tech industry, and later on as the founder and entrepreneur and the CEO of Mujeres on the Rise, but what were the lessons that you discovered during these times? Ah, that's a great and deep question. But I think some of the biggest lessons that I learned is that it's really important to rest. I know it sounds Mm -hmm. simple, but honestly, I think one of the the first mistakes that I made while working from home is that there was really no, and I'm sure a lot of people encountered this, but there was no clear distinction between personal life and work life. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I would end up working really, really late. I found myself answering emails at 11 p.m. And it's not because anybody was you know, pushing me to answer these emails quickly or because I had all these deadlines. It's because I was like, well, I'm already at home. Might as well just answer this email, Mm -hmm. right? And later on, I realized that rest is honestly necessary. One of my good friends, she actually told me, you can't fill from an empty cup. And that's true. I think as as women, especially, we are constantly trying to give to other people. We're constantly mm-hmm. trying to help. We're constantly trying to prove ourselves, yeah. right? And eventually, if we don't take any rest, if we don't rest, we're going to deplete our resources. We're not going to have anything left to give. We're going to end up burning out, exhausting ourselves yeah. to the point that we might spend two months or weeks, if not months, just doing nothing, honestly. And I mean, if that's what you need to do to, you know, rebuild yourself, great, do it. But I think it's even more important that we don't allow ourselves to get to that point. And this is still something that I'm working on. I don't have it all figured out. I burn myself out all the time, but I'm trying to be kinder to myself in the process. Like if I need this rest, I am going to take it. If I need to binge watch a terrible show on Netflix, in one weekend, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to feel bad about it anymore because I deserve it. We all deserve our rest. And that's the only way that we're going to be able to 
continue giving in the way that we typically do. That's excellent. And I can connect with that because you do feel guilty when you rest, right? Especially when we <laughs> we're working from home. Yes. But you're, it's just like, no, how can you do things if you're on level, you know, zero, you know, in terms of your battery energy. And I think, you know, I can connect with my, I constantly burn myself out. And I think we just have been lied to of like allowing ourselves. No, it's, 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 we deserve it. Like it's, it's our right to, to rest. And, uh, you know, that, that is a lesson that's constantly learning and refining that I think for many years we were, we're going to able to manage, but you know, right now it's just this, a test and not a test, <laughs> but like, it's really difficult to, yeah to do it. And, you know, Melba, you are amazing because, and I imagine the reason why of that burnout is not only are you growing professionally in the tech industry, but, you know, the last time you were here on ADAS, we were talking about, you know, you building this a platform, Mujeres on the Rise, and then you decided you wanted to be a, you know, a coaching company and you start your entrepreneurial journey. So obviously it's difficult. It's not, it's not, not impossible, but it, it is a difficult task of, you know, managing your job, managing your personal life and having Mujeres on the Rise. So that burning out of managing all three must have been difficult. And I imagine one had to be sacrificed. So let's go into that. How was it able to manage all of these aspects of you and Mukaitis on the Rise and your career and yourself? Have you heard? The secret is finally out. We're launching our podcast production services. I'm continuing our mission of amplifying Latina voices by providing our podcast production services. Over the past two years of amplifying Latinas, it's been inspiring to see them embrace their powerful voices, making waves in their career, and sharing their inspiring stories by creating a meaningful space to connect, uplift, and motivate others. I want to be there to guide you while you pave your way in podcasting and help you amplify your voice. If you're interested in our podcast production services and want to work with a Latina podcast manager that understands your voice, story, and message, then please join our waitlist at as-media.com slash waitlist. That's as-media.com slash waitlist. I can't wait to share more updates with you in the near future. Now, let's go back to the show. That's a good question. I think, honestly, it's not easy. And yes, there has been times where something gets neglected. And usually that is, unfortunately, my my personal life. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, not getting the rest that I should be getting. It's, again, like I said, a work in progress. I'm still trying to figure out how to how to do that. And I'm also at the point where I I feel like I do need to bring on help with Mujeres on the Rise it's still slowly growing. It's still very much a small business, right? But I know that I could use the extra hands and the extra eyes to help me create social media graphics and send out newsletters. It's just so many diff different things to manage. So I'm in the process of actually trying to hire a virtual assistant. So hopefully that goes well. But yeah, I think when it comes to managing all three things, whether you have a small business or not, you know, even juggling your personal life and mm -hmm. your full-time job can be a lot. So I think just setting up reminders and again, 
planning as much as you can. You you probably might think I'm crazy, but sometimes I do plan like the hours that I'm going to rest or the hours that I'm going to go watch mm-hmm. Netflix. And that's not to say that I won't, you know, sit down and relax outside of those hours. It just basically acts as a visual reminder on my mm-hmm. calendar. Like even if I have, let's say, Netflix time from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. scheduled on my calendar, it might not work out that way, but at least I see it on my calendar mm-hmm. and I remember that hey, you need to go and take some time for yourself, whether it's watching Netflix or going and taking a bubble bath, whatever the case may be. So I think sometimes even just setting up those reminders or putting up post-it notes, I literally have post-it <laughs> notes like everywhere, like rest, drink water, little things like that really do go a long way. And Melba, now that you know, you've been working in the tech field for two years and grown into currently who you are as a mujer, as a marketing manager, you have now been presented with a new opportunity to grow at another tech company. And, <laughs> you know, obviously I'm, well not, I'm not the person to share this, but you know, what we can share right now, it's that it's amazing an amazing opportunity. Like I said, again, before recording, I'm proud of you. You deserve it. <laughs> and it's just so exciting because, you know, reflecting, looking back at our conversation in episode 18, it was just, you know, sharing how you're so hungry to be where you are right now. Now you're in this position. Now you're in the place that you had longed for and worked so hard for. Let's look back and share with me those emotions that you feel right now and that pride that you feel in yourself and that you are an amazing and you deserve this. You deserve the life that you've built for yourself. Thank you, Brenda. That honestly means a lot, especially coming from you because I admire you so much. Yeah, honestly, it seems very surreal. Like, for th- I mean, I can't share too much now because it's going to be a while mm-hmm. before I join, but please do follow on Mujeres on the Rise and I'll be sharing more details there. Yeah, it honestly seems very surreal to think about where I was. For those that didn't listen to the first episode, I think we talked about it a little bit, mm-hmm. but I tried to break into the tech industry when I was fresh out of grad school and I failed. I cried. I suffered what I call career heartbreak. And it wasn't fun. I thought I was in way over my head and that I was trying to achieve dreams that were not designed for somebody like me. And now reflecting back on all of that, I realized that those rejections that I faced and that struggle really all made me better. And I may not Mm -hmm. have seen it in the moment. I may have cried one too many tears at the time, but in one way or another, it pushed me and it motivated me. And yeah, you're right. I've always had this, you know, ambition and this desire to break into the tech field. And now that I'm here, it's really so much more, so much more than that. It's not just about, you know, my personal success and my success as a marketer, but it's about how my journey can potentially inspire others. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I can do. One of the biggest things that I can do in my time here on earth is helping give back as much as I can. And one example that I that I think of a lot is when I was working at AT&T, I want to say I was 19 working at AT&T. I was working in their call center as a sales representative. And I remember one day we had a sales training and this woman walks into the sales training. She was a Latina woman and she walks in because she was going to give a marketing and sales training. She was going to show us how to market our products more effectively. And she's the reason I was inspired to pursue a career in marketing. And I can't even remember her name. 
I can't even remember her name because she was there for an hour. And she had such a huge impact in my life. And I would love to be able to do that for somebody one day. I think I was so inspired for her because one, I mean, she was a beautiful woman, successful, but she was well-spoken. She was prepared. She taught me things about marketing and sales that I did not know. And really that inspired everything. That inspired me eventually pursuing a career in marketing and figuring out that I wanted to eventually go into tech. But yeah, it's been it's been quite the journey. It's it has not been easy, but at the end of the day, I am pushing myself not only for myself, but to see and encourage as many other mujeres as I can because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you you know, it doesn't matter if you grew up with very limited resources, if you didn't go to the best schools, if you quit school, if you, it it, honestly, it doesn't matter if you want something, it's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie and tell you that it's going to be easy. And it's definitely not fair because there are people that are just, you know, fortunate enough to have resources and privileges and things that go in their advantage. And as somebody in the Latinx community, I was at a disadvantage, not only because of my, you know, culture and ethnicity, but also because I didn't have resources. I didn't come from money. All of these things. I'm not going to tell you that it's easy. It's not easy. It's not fair. It's going to be hard as hell, but we can definitely do it. Yes. And I think one of the ways that you are not only like helping others to pave their way in the tech industry and in other industries is through Mujeres on the Rise. You know, it started as you know an instagram account share your own experiences and the tips and advice to grow in in your career and you know giving lifestyle tips and then you're like i want more and you i feel like you connected that mission that you have of helping others pave the way and that was through mujeres on the rise and making it into an llc so Obviously, our listeners who are, you know, had listened to episode 18, I'm going to give the link here in the show. It's been a long journey of trial and error, of lessons, of achievements, and of growth as an entrepreneur, as a mujer, and as a person. Share with me that moment where you're like, okay, this needs to grow. You know, (laughs) it needs to be something bigger. And how was that first few steps of what am I supposed to do? Because we've talked with a lot of entrepreneurs here, but honestly, starting an LLC is difficult. No one knows what they're doing and (laughs) you learn throughout the process. So share with me, Melba, that beginning process, the beginning chapters of making credits on the rise into a company. So I think when you're trying to start a business, a lot of times people get very caught up in the little details. Mm-hmm. Maybe little is not the right word, but they get caught up in details like creating a business plan and you know what they're going to be selling, how much are their products going to cost and things like that. And those things are important, but oftentimes you don't even know what your business is until you start working towards it. So if you're wanting to start a business and you are creating a business plan and you're like, hey, I need to have this business plan completed before I can file my LLC or before I can start my business. That's not necessarily the case because your customers, your target audience from a marketing perspective are going to be the people that tell you what your business should be. Your audience is going to tell you what they need from you. 
And unless you're putting yourself out there and actually starting, you're never going to know what your target audience has to say. So when I started Mujeres on the Rise, I didn't necessarily expect it to be a business. I really just wanted to create a community mm -hmm. to bring mujeres together and inspire them with stories, regardless of what industry they wanted to get into. I wanted to feature different women and show them what that it's possible, because I think a lot of times we, we don't see that rep representation yeah. directly. We may not see it in school. We may not see it in our workplace. But there are women that are thriving that are just like us. And seeing those stories and feeling represented is so important. So that's kind of what started Mujeres on the Rise. And I actually was already doing free resume consultations and giving like free mentorship and coaching sessions until one of my friends pointed out and told me, hey, you're advocating for women and you're teaching women to advocate for themselves but you're not doing yourself justice by not charging your services. So you're doing exactly what you tell other women not to do. And she was right. She was right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I was selling myself short. So I think one of the biggest things for me that I struggled with at the beginning was trying to find a balance between profit and purpose. Mm -hmm. I thought if I had a business, if I created a community that was purpose-driven, I could not be making profit out of it. And I think that's a lot of things, something that a lot of people grapple with. And that's why a lot of times people say, well, I'm going to start a nonprofit because I don't want to become rich with this idea. I really just want to help women out or help people out in general. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. You don't have to pick between profit and purpose. And it's something that I struggled with a lot. But ultimately, what I ended up doing was I ended up immediately after she told me that I started working on a pricing sheet and I'm like, okay. I'm going to start charging for my resume services and and that's what I did. I started charging, but then I also figured, okay, I am going to start donating some of these funds to nonprofit organizations that support women in need. And that was my way of striking that balance. And I'm not saying that that's what everybody has to do. If you want to do a nonprofit, do a nonprofit. If you want to be a for-profit business only, do that. Do whatever feels right for you. But right now, this model seems to work really well for me because I'm able to give back. And then the mm -hmm. remaining money goes right back into the business. This is the money that I'm going to use to hire a virtual assistant. It also is what keeps my website alive through Squarespace and what allows me to create more resources for the community. Yeah, it's been a lot of trial and error. I didn't intend for it to be a business. But when I saw that the community was growing and that women were interested and I started getting more and more resume clients, I realized that there was such an appetite for this information because we as a community are consistently underserved. You have There's a lot of career services out there, but a majority of them are not built specifically for Latinas. And mm -hmm. Latinas need that extra support because a lot of us are first-gen Latinas. Some of us may be the first in our family to be pursuing these type of careers, and we need those additional resources. We've had to navigate FAFSA on our own. We've had to navigate you know, careers in tech or careers in business on our own, paying student loans on our own, all of these things on our own. So we need that guidance along with these inspirational stories. So that's kind of what led me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. But the biggest takeaway to wrap it up is just start. As you go and as you start developing, you know, posts and engaging with your community, you'll figure out and you'll get a better sense of who your audience is. And you'll be able to create products and services that resonate with them. 
because if you start a business right now and you know you create your business plan you do all the things that you're told that you have to do it might work it, it might work well but it also could fail because you don't know who you're talking to you don't know who your content is going to appeal to and when you take that time to really understand your target audience and create personas and do all of these other things you'll be able to deliver things that people actually want before they even realize that they want them or that Mm -hmm. they needed them in their life. And that is, I think, the biggest distinction between how I'm trying to do things versus how we're typically told that we have to start a business. And, you know, it's so true that as, you know, we tend to advocate and tell others how to move (laughs) through life and be paid what they deserve. And then we fall into that trap of not being the person that, <laughs> you know, we're telling it. And, we, you know, we always need that friend telling us, no, you're saying all this, but you're, you're not living it. So you have to charge for your services. And I am so happy that you're like, you're right. Okay, I'm going to start this. And, you know, since that day one and this growth, you know, you mentioned that I love that balance that you give back to the, to other organizations to, you know, help mujeres since that day one. And until now, what are the lessons that your audience has taught you as Melba, as the CEO of Mujeres on the Rise, and as a mujer who is, you know, alongside them, growing, advocating, and that is, you know, taking up the space that is, you know, her. That's a, that's an excellent question. And I think one of the biggest things that I've learned ever since starting Mujeres on the Rise is that work is what we do. It's not who we are. Mm -hmm. And I think as a first-gen Latina, I've placed, and I still do, I place so much importance into career and, you know, being financially independent and, you know, creating a life that you love. But really, our jobs and our career are just a fraction. It's just one piece of the puzzle, one Mm -hmm. piece of our journey. What we do is not who we are. And I think remembering that really allows you to remain humble in the process Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, you know, I talk a lot about working in in tech and I work in big tech and whatever, and it's amazing. I am so humbled by it. I'm honored that I get to work with such intelligent people. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter, right? As Mm -hmm. long as you enjoy what you do, you enjoy the people that you're doing it with, because that's key. And also that you remember that your work is not your identity. And I think it's so important to remember that, especially for those younger women out there listening, because if you put so much pressure on yourself, you're going to be miserable. I was miserable right after grad school. I was so disappointed in myself when I didn't, when I kept getting all these rejection letters from jobs I was applying to. And that was not good for my mental health. It was not. And the reason I suffered so much during that time, it's because I felt like if I didn't have the job, the one and only job that I was just not worthy, I was just not good enough. And now reflecting back on this, I realized that it's really all about the journey. It's all about the journey and learning and growing as we go. I think that's, that's probably the biggest lesson that I've, that I've learned. And it's so true, man, but like, I feel this is a Latina podcast and we not only have Latina listeners, but I feel like it's so true for for first gen children yeah. and Latinas, you know, and, you know, but from other ethnicities and or races, but it's so true that I feel like because 
the sacrifices and the all the things that our parents went through when we're little we take up that lie that that oh work is our identity right we wear that as a cloak as a coat and we work towards that big job that we're going to have and we do everything in our power to you know do the right things okay we're doing these activities um on in my free time I'm going to be working in this organizations because it's going to help my you know resume or whatever and then you know we're working and doing all these things and then we realize once we have it it's just oh this isn't what life is about this isn't me you know this isn't Melba you know Melba isn't even the marketing manager of Amazon Melba is Melba and she has many facets and I think in our mid-20s we learn that we just <laughs> yes we just take out, out that coat you know those the buttons start flying out and it's just but it's hard right to so hard <laughs> to not put that coat back because it's a lot of facets it's you know ourselves be giving us that pride in ourselves that we've worked hard obviously showing to our parents look you know what all you've done especially with your mom you know a single working mom you know she you, know, you and your sisters she gave it all and you know you want to sh- show it to give give back to her and it's hard to put that coat back so you know you learned this lesson and how do you remind yourself to not put that coat back honestly I mean I think I, it's still work in progress yes. definitely but biggest thing that I feel reminds me of who I am, where I come from, and why I do what I do is Mujeres on the Rise. It it really is. It These calls that I have with women that need help with their resume and them telling me their stories. Um, I was talking to a woman the other day who was telling me that she had just given birth about a year ago and she was trying to get back into the workforce and hearing all these stories and you know, being able to reflect on my journey with my mom being a single mother as well. And it's just so humbling. It's, it's so important, I think, to remember where you come from and who you are, and to do things sometimes just for the sake of helping out. Like, honestly, Mm. it's, if you can give back, I think that's one of the biggest things you can do with your life is giving back. And I know, you know, some of us may not be in the position of giving back financially to mm-hmm. communities and organizations, but there are so many ways that you can give back. You can give back time. You can give back yes. knowledge. If you are in marketing, for instance, you can offer small businesses to help them with their social media strategy. You can, there's so many ways to help. And I think it comes, it goes a really, really long way for people that are trying to break these generational cycles. Mm-hmm. It's so important. and so true. And you know, Melba, I, I, I want to share with our listeners because, you know, you giving back and, you know, Mujeres on the Rest is a community that I learned so much from. And I also have, through you, I have recognized my worth as a mujer and as someone who's in the field of marketing and, and producing content. And, you know, we've had conversations. Now I can say this, I've worked with Melba on my resume. <laughs> And, you know, you having these conversations, talking with you, you've helped me face truths that other people have taken away from me. And I realized my worth, how great I am doing my job and that I'm amazing at it. And it's just once you find yourself in not so great working places with maybe not so great leaders you know, someone from outside reminds you 
of your worth. And you have been one of the people that have reminded me. And I want to say gracias. I know I've thanked you before, but I want to say gracias again because I forgot about that. I forgot about my worth as a person and what I deserve and that I'm I'm great at what I do. So muchas gracias. And I'm just, every accomplishment that Mujeres on the Rise has done is just a joy. Like I'm just over the moon for you, you know. I want to share a bit with you all about, you know, not only... Does Melba share her knowledge in working with resumes? And but she also ha- helps entrepreneurs grow their business in terms of marketing or whatever need they want and need. And also, she has amazing stickers, notebooks, <laughs> tote bags. And she has recently built a resume course. And talking about this, like, you know, those other career platforms are built with a specific target audience in mind, right? But what I love about Mujeres on the Rise, it's it's talking to us, talking to you and me, you know, knowing our struggles, knowing where we come from, knowing where we want to be, where we struggle in. Melba has been there, is there, you know, she is with us in this journey. And, you know, I think the resume course is such a great way to guide Latinas to build the resume and have that physical paper reminder of like, oh yes, I accomplished this. I've done this. I've worked with, you know, this, this team and been able to do this. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm going to get this job because that's how I felt once I worked with Melba. And I, obviously when you do things and you accomplish things, it's like, part of that list right but you kind of forget and then when working with Melba it's like all oh, right I've done all of this okay I got this so share with me Melba of you know building this resume course and knowing exactly what Latinas need and require to not only break into the tech industry but like in the industry of their choice and your thought process of okay this is what this resume course needs and why it's so important that we have it and thank you for creating it Thank you, Brenda, for all those words. So there was, I would say, two main reasons why I started the course. One of the reasons was that there was a time last year where I was getting several requests to create tailored resume for clients. And I would only allow myself to work on three or four resumes a month just because I didn't want to burn myself out. Of course, I still have my full-time job. So I wanted to make sure that I was still able to help as many women as possible. And then the second reason I wanted to create the course was because I wanted to create something where I could show people how to do it themselves. Because when I create a resume for for anybody, I'm creating a resume tailored specifically to three to five jobs, five is the max. And the resume is very tailored because I want to make sure to include as many keywords as I can. Mm-hmm. But the benefit of learning to do this yourself from scratch is that you won't need anybody like me going forward. You'll have the tools to do it yourself as many times as needed. And that's kind of what inspired the course, but I've worked with dozens of people for the past almost three years, I want to say, or a little over three years, but I've worked with people who have gone on to get jobs at LinkedIn, interviews at Google, Facebook, Amazon, 
um, also a lot of companies, I've worked with a lot of lawyers as well. I've also worked with um, people in the healthcare industry, people that are in different types of sciences, or I don't know, I've worked with so many different people. But honestly, I think having this skill set yourself is so important because as you said, being able to see your accomplishments laid out in a really concise and consolidated manner really helps you remember your worth and put yourself out there more more courageously. So that's kind of where where I've been with that. But but yeah, I wanted to touch on something else that you said just yeah. a second ago about you said something about working with people that are not necessarily the easiest to work with or, or things like that. And it's it's something that I've experienced in the past. But one thing I wanted to add is that usually when somebody is trying to put you down and is not necessarily supporting you, it's because they're projecting their own insecurities and their own fears onto you. And I think this happens a lot in our community and the Latinx community. Sometimes our cousins, family may not necessarily understand what we're trying to do. And I think it's so important to realize that there's all these generational differences and also people sometimes just, it's not that they want to put you down. It's just that they have all of these fears because of the lack of resources that they had. So it's something that I try to remind myself because sometimes I'm trying to explain to my mom, for instance, mm -hmm. what I'm working on and what I'm doing. And sometimes she doesn't understand. And I have to remember that it's not her fault. Mm -hmm. It's just that we you know, we, we've had different experiences and it's really up to me to kind of educate her and close those knowledge gaps to the best of my ability. And I, I kind of derailed the conversation, so I'm no, sorry, but I wanted to no. touch on that and I had made a note to say it. Thank you for sharing that because it's so true. I think the differences of parents, right? Especially coming from a Latinx household. You know, I myself have to it's one thing for our parents to understand, okay, you're studying communication. We both study communication and, you know, it's like, yes, go for it. So they expect us to focus our time and our lives in this job that we have. Right. So they, it's, they're confused when we go out and build a platform, a space, a community for people that are from our generation younger and want to help, you know, each other out. They're confused. Why are you doing this? It's just wasting <laughs> your time. Go and focus on your job. What are you doing? So it's very difficult. And it's a journey in a journey of explaining yes. to our parents why we're doing this, you know, the importance of this and why we decided to do it. It's it's a, it's something that I do myself with my own parents as well. Constantly. I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> it's not just you, but it's, and yeah, it's a, you know, a journey inside the journey. But thank you for sharing that with us because I think a lot of our listeners can do Mario Metas and like explaining to their parents of like, no, this is why I'm doing this. You know, it's starting a business, starting a project, going into a career that, you know, is not into their parents, you know, liking. So you know, can you, can you share with me and, you know, my listeners how that journey has been like of explaining, but also realizing it's, it would be nice. It, it, obviously it's amazing to have our parents' approval, but at the end of the day, you're going to do what is going to be right for you. And I also have to include the support of your husband. Like, I think he's one of the biggest cheerleaders that you have, you know, and who reminds you like <laughs> Melba, you have to, you know, 
um, you know, raise up your prices. Melba, you have to do this. And like, and men are so much better at that. Than yeah, we are. they're so much better at that. But like, I, you know, just having that journey of like, mom, I'm doing this because, you know, it's, it's important and other, you know, people resonated with it, but how is it like explaining? And I guess realizing like at the end of the day, Melba is going to do what Melba is going to do and what's right for Melba. Yeah, honestly, it's really damn hard. It's yes. hard because, and I know it shouldn't matter, but I personally, I want the recognition from my mom. Oh, I want her to, to be proud and I want her to understand that where I am now. And again, I have a long way to go. I'm still just learning. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning as I go. But I want that recognition from her and I want her to know that I've done all that I've done because I was inspired by her and by my grandmother and things like that. But it's so disheartening when I tell her something and she just doesn't understand it. Yeah. And because she doesn't understand it, she's not able to give me the recognition or that sense of pride that mm -hmm. I want to feel coming from her. And I was actually talking to Estrella just a couple of days ago from mm -hmm. Cafecito con Estrellita, which for anybody listening, that's another great podcast that you should check out. But I was talking to her because I kind of had a, a breakdown, <laughs> to be honest with you. I had a breakdown because I, I landed this new job opportunity and I, I told my mom about it and I was super excited to share the news with her about this new job. And she just didn't understand any of it. And it was really heartbreaking to me. And then later, as I talked to my husband about it, he was like, you need to remember that your mom is not just one generation older than you, but she's two generations because my mom had me when she was 40. So my mom is now approaching her, her 70. She's now approaching 70. She's what am I? I'm 28. Yeah. She's approaching 70. So yeah, I mean, she's, she's much older than me and she doesn't understand. So I have to kind of remind myself that it's not because she wants to harm me or, or anything. It's mm -hmm. just that she doesn't know. She really just doesn't know. So I think as first-gen Latinas, it can sometimes be really discouraging that we don't get the approval. But at the end of the day, it's exactly what you said. We have to do things for ourselves mm -hmm. and we have to do whatever feels right for us. And the best thing that we can do is try to explain it to the best of our ability. But at the end of the day, as long as you're able to have a support system, whether it be friends or significant other, that goes a long way as well. But I would really encourage everybody, and, and I say this to remind myself as well, but make a note of everything that you're doing and take a second to celebrate every single little achievement. Even if it, you're celebrating on your own because nobody else understands the vision that you have mm -hmm. for your future, for your business, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, celebrate yourself because you are your most valuable asset and you need to love yourself because that's the only way all these other things are going to fall into place. So true. And so true. I, I can connect with that because I think as a first gen Latina, we're, you know, and when we have these wonderful relationships with our, our mothers, it's just like, you want to celebrate them these wins with them right and what we're doing with them and it's sometimes heartbreaking when it's this misunderstanding this miscommunication you know yeah. obviously this different generations and but it's it's true at the end of the day it's it's on us and what we have to do for ourselves and for our future generations and it's so true of writing down those wins those 
maybe small ones, but when we look back, it's just it was pivotal moments that got us where we are today. And Melba, I want to close this conversation, this wonderful conversation we've had. But like looking back, you know, I want to ask you two questions. So the first one is, can you believe what you've accomplished? <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> That's not really an answer, is it? I would say I, I just feel so humbled and honored that I am getting these opportunities to continue to make a difference. And I hope, not I hope, but I will. Mm-hmm. I will use this for good and help as many other Latinas and underserved communities as much as I can, because I know what it feels like to be starting from zero. And we deserve our place at the table. And mm-hmm. well, yeah, I, I strongly believe that together, together we can achieve great things. Amazing. And the second last question would be, you know, you've accomplished all of this and just you know, two years, you know, with Mujeres on the Rise, on your professional career, what are the things that you want to accomplish professionally in your career through Mujeres on the Rise and as a personal level as Melba? Yeah, that's a good question. Let's see. So I would say in my professional career, I really just want to soak in as much knowledge as I can and then bring all of these different perspectives to the table as well. Because you know, again, I started from a very rocky background. I've been a waitress. I worked at Little Caesars. I I was actually working. My mom reminded me that I actually had my first job in Monterrey when I was 13 or 14. We couldn't remember the exact time, but I was basically working at a kid's like party venue where they would like dress up in princesses and serve the kids chips and stuff like that. But anyways, it's been a crazy journey, but I think being able to reflect on those experiences that not a lot of people have and bringing those to the table really gives me a unique voice at the table. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring all of those with me and continue to learn and grow with the help of others. As far as Mujeres on the Rise goes, I want to grow the community even more and really just help as many women as I can. My biggest goal is to make as many digital products as I can so mm-hmm. that Mujeres can go on there and pick a course that suits their needs, whether it be a salary negotiation course or a how to interview for success course, things like that. And they'll have the course for their entire lives and they'll be able to access it digitally. They don't need me. They'll have all the tools and everything they need to get to that next step. And then as a person, my biggest goal is honestly so simple. It's just to be a good human. I think sometimes, you know, it can it can be easy to forget where you come from or, you know, the struggles that you face. But I consistently try to remind myself of these things because they keep me grounded and they help me they help me do good. And I think that's the most important thing that I can that I can do with with my time is is give back. Wonderful, Melba. And as always, I love our conversations. I just love, but I really appreciate and I'm very honored that you know you came back here on AES to share this. And we went deep because obviously as a friend, no, I know this, right? But like I really loved and enjoyed going really deep and digging, you know, and learning <laughs> and feeling off those reasons and these emotions that you went through in this growth with you. So I'm just proud of you as always. I'm excited 
to see what more you are going to accomplish through your career, through Mujeres on the Rights, and as you, Melba. And for our listeners, I imagine they already follow you, of course, because you know, I'm <laughs> a big supporter. But for any new listeners who just discovered Melba and just finished episode 18 and are finishing this conversation and want to know more about you, Mujeres on the Rise, maybe they have questions they want to know about where they can find this career resume course, where can they follow you? Where can they ask questions? And where can they find this course? Yes. So my course and all the services that I offer, including a link to my shop, are on MujeresOnTheRise.com. And you can also follow on MujeresOnTheRise on Instagram. And if you want to follow me personally, you'll find a link to my personal Instagram account on there as well. Oh, and also don't forget your TikTok. Because TikTok. Yes, yes. Yes. TikTok has been so good to me. If you're a small business owner and don't have a TikTok, get on TikTok. It's a game changer. Seriously. So follow Melba and Mujeres on the Rise on those platforms. They're going to be in the show notes. If you're watching through the video, it's on the video. And again, if you want to continue this conversation, you can follow us on AS the podcast. That is E double L A S the podcast on Instagram. And if you want to follow us on LinkedIn, ask AS podcast. We're also on TikTok as AS the podcast. And if you want to follow me at Brent underscore J-A-I, that's B-R-E-N underscore J-A-I. Melva, thank you again. This is so wonderful. I'm repeating myself, but I just thank you. Thank you for this honor again, this wonderful conversation. I know that our my listeners are going to be inspired even more. And Yes, thank you. And um, I want to thank you for listening and watching as always. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Melba and I. Adios. Hola, ellas. Have you heard the news? We just launched our website. If you've been inspired by our conversations, then you'll want to visit our site. Head over to ellas media.com for more inspiring content. You can also subscribe to our newsletter. So you'll always be alerted when we publish empowering tips for you to continue paving your path in your business, project, career, and life. If you've been listening to AS for a while, you know that I'm a big supporter of providing a platform for Latinas to share their stories and inspire current and future generations of women. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the lives of more amazing Latinas just like you. You can help by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Tell me what you think and leave any number of stars. It would mean the world to me. Thank you in advance. Ellas is produced, hosted, and audio edited by me, Brenda Hernandez Jaimes. Our video conversations are edited by Javier Ortiz Ruiz. Our logo and podcast cover art was designed by Jennifer Cepeda. And thank you to Shiro, who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Streets. You can download this track on freemusicarchive.org or listen to him on Spotify, YouTube, and follow him on Instagram. This is Ellas. Thank you.